0: Good morning, this is Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. I'm so happy today that we're going to do a three-part series on blockchain, and we're looking to demystify what is blockchain in our listeners' minds. We want to share with you some case studies that we think will help to illuminate How blockchain is going to not only transform the information industry, but all businesses as well. So I thought I would like to start off with, uh, to give you an overview about this three-part series, what it's going to cover. Of course, we're going to provide you an an overview of of what blockchain is. I'd like to introduce an exercise, a SWOT analysis for you to do in the comfort of your office, of your home. Then we'd like to dive into the technology and history of blockchain, which I'd like to talk about the five W's of blockchain. And what is it? When did it start? Where, why, who, and, and how? Uh, then we'll move into an ideation exercise, uh, which you can share with your team. Um, we can also talk about a, we're gonna do an exercise on a potential strategy. And next steps, and give you a summation. So, over the next three Saturdays, um, we're going to cover these particular topics. And um, I will also invite you to contact me personally, as this series is a full fledged seminar that we're doing uh, as part of the country Media Group offerings. Um, but let me, let me, let's start off by let me pose a, a few questions to you. Why doesn't the U.S. have a modern high-speed train system? Why hasn't the U.S. solved the water levy issue in Houston and New Orleans? Why can't the U.S. have a national water system to transport clean water to all 50 states? Why is it that the U.S. does not have a national electronic grid to leverage solar and wind power to provide energy throughout the United States? I want you to ponder on those questions as we think about and talk about how blockchain is going to allow us to, to do all of those four things, as well as to enhance Our lifestyle and our businesses so I like to ask the next question for you to give thought to is who has heard of the semantic web what is the semantic web why is the semantic web important how does the semantic web fit into the Internet of Things and how does the semantic web with the Internet of Things fit into blockchain, or how will they work together? Today I want to share with you my thoughts about what a blockchain future might look like. A future that demonstrates the full force of Tim Berners-Lee's paper about the semantic web. A lot has been said about blockchain, some good and some bad, but I stand here today to say to you that the blockchain train is about to leave the station and you wanna make sure that you get your ticket and get on board. I always like to start with the PPP for our talk today, the purpose, the process, and most importantly, the payoff for the time that you are investing today to learn about blockchain. The purpose of our session is to provide you with a strong fundamental understanding of blockchain, its function, its application, and future possibilities. Our process will combine the lecture that you're hearing today, a Q&A, and exercises to achieve the objective of our purpose. And keep in mind that any questions that you might have that you want to get feedback on, you can write to me at d.gunter at guntermediagroup.com. Again, that's d.gunter at guntermediagroup.com. The payoff is that by the end of the session, my goal is that you will leave the session with a foundational knowledge of blockchain how blockchain can be utilized in your industry, and most importantly, in your your company. So that is our purpose, excuse me, that is our process, our purpose, and our payoff. The, the purpose is to give you information about blockchain, how it's going to um, impact your day, the process is this discussion, this lecture, these exercises, the Q&A. And the payoff is that by the end of these three sessions, you will have a good understanding of blockchain. So let's talk about expertise. Expertise in your, your business, expertise about your industry, expertise about the macro and micro Economics. Back in 2014, I delivered a talk at the SAMA conference in Berlin back in 2014 titled Knowing Your Customer. The premise of the talk was that you had to demonstrate expertise to your customers, your colleagues, your industry, and your competitors for them to take you seriously about your business and what you're offering to them, that it has value. So when you think about understanding their particular uh, needs and demonstrating expertise, you think about I need to understand information about the government, the world economy, the industry, the company, competitors, and people. And how do I use, what tools do I use to gather all of this information, whether it's getting information from the internet, database services both free and subscribed. Do I have a a customer relations management system, a CRM, that I can put all this information in so that I can find it quickly once i found it? What data analytics do I use? How involved am I with social media? What information am I giving and receiving from social media that I can share in context to my customers, my clients, my internal colleagues? That is is very important. And so this model, I want to ask you this question. When you think about demonstrating expertise, to your clients, your customers, your stakeholders, does this model make sense? If you have another way of demonstrating expertise or tools that you're using, how would you match these tools against the model that we just discussed? This is why this session on blockchain is so important to building and enhancing your knowledge and expertise to your clients. Because you want to make sure that you're able to convey to them the significance of blockchain and how it's going to enhance your business relationship with them and enhance their business. So let's, let's do a, a quick exercise. You're at home in your office, in your study, and uh, we're gonna talk about doing a SWOT analysis of your, of your current company. If you had to think about internally, when we think about a SWOT analysis, internally we think about your strengths and your weaknesses also i want you to think about externally of your opportunities and threats what i like for you to do is to set this the swot analysis up three or four points in each category is good but i want you to think about based upon the swot analysis how many of you feel that blockchain will help your company to develop initiatives, if you will, that will address the weaknesses of your SWOT, but also provide you new opportunities. So take some time to do that. Um, Think about it. And then and then come back. And if you have questions, again, you can reach me at d.gunter at guntermediagroup.com. Or you can call me at one If you're in the States, of course, you don't need to use the plus 1. So let's talk about the technology and history, you know, things that have occurred over the past and why understanding our history will allow us to move forward more productively in understanding how blockchain will will benefit us. If history has taught us anything, it is that we are not perfect in our assessment of new technology, and that even the most brilliant minds can miss an opportunity. Can you think of an example of how a company Missed out on a technology opportunity? How many of you have heard of Bloomberg? Everybody, right? Everybody knows Bloomberg and Michael Bloomberg. What a great success story it is. But I ask, how many of you have actually heard of Telerate? I would venture to say that only probably 5%, if that of our listeners right now have heard of Telerate. But before Bloomberg, there was Telerate. The Telerate system was the dominant terminal for the fixed income securities in the world, for all of the fixed income security traders. They were founded in 1969. They were a leader in this space. Dow Jones and Company, Incorporated, Initially purchased a 32% stake in rate in 1985 for 285 million. Eventually, Dow Jones would buy the remaining shares, bringing their total investment to two billion dollars. Bloomberg was founded in 1981, and their terminals started to show up first in Merrill Lynch offices in 1985. Merrill Lynch was an investor in the new company, and the Bloomberg terminals were only placed in the Merrill Lynch office at one terminal per office. The feature-rich terminal was priced hundreds of dollars more than the Telerate terminal. Once they started to sell their service to other financial houses, these financial houses had several Telerate terminals, so they could only afford one or two. Bloomberg terminals. By 1998, Bloomberg had totally displaced Telerate, and Dow Jones had to sell Telerate to bridge information systems for $510 million, a loss of $1.4 billion. What happened? How did Telerate lose their luster, their dominance? their market share to Bloomberg. Data data analytics, back office systems, and customer service were the culprits. Example number two. Blockbuster was founded in 1995 and became the dominant player in the consumer movie rental business, only to be upended by Netflix, who was founded in 1997. Netflix. Netflix created a business model with their mailing CDs versus Blockbuster with their brick-and-mortar stores. The Netflix business model provided selection, convenience, low price, and satisfaction. Blockbuster has moved into the closed business museum along with the Skytel pager. But Netflix didn't stop there. Instead of just shipping DVDs, Netflix created a streaming service that would compete with the premium channels like HBO. Back in 2011, HBO's CEO stated that Netflix was not a competitor, only for him to see Netflix to overtake them. HBO, a part of Time Warner, was recently sold to AT&T, and back in March of this year was quoted saying, Netflix doesn't have a brand. Greenblatt said of his rival. It's just a place you go to get anything. It's like Encyclopedia Britannica. That's a great business model when you're trying to reach as many people on the planet as you can. Well, we will see how this type of arrogance plays out, but we can guess how this story will play out. Netflix will win. Now we're hearing stories of every channel creating a streaming channel, whether it's Disney, whether it's NBC, CBS has all access. And then of course there's Roku. Last but not least is Sears, who had the ultimate Christmas wish book catalog, Craftsman Tools, the, the Kenmore brand, only to be squashed by Amazon. In each of these case studies, we've seen how newcomers utilizing new technology and business models overtake the industry leaders our session today will prep you for the blockchain revolution so let's talk about the history of blockchain blockchain originally called blockchain with a space it's now blockchain one word is a growing list of records called blocks, which are linked using cryptography. Blockchains are readable by the public or widely used by cryptocurrencies. Private blockchains have been proposed for business use. Some marketing of blockchains have been called snake oil. Keep in mind that Warren Buffett Made that quote and uh, recently he wasn't too high on uh, iTunes but on Apple but as we see that he has recently taken a nice stake in Apple. Back to blockchain. Each block contains a cryptographic hash of the previous block, a timestamp, and transaction data generally represented as a Merkle tree root hash. By design, a blockchain is resistant to the modification of the data. It is an open, distributed ledger that can record transactions between two parties efficiently and in a verifiable and permanent way. For use as a distributed ledger, a blockchain is typically managed by a peer-to-peer network, collectively adhering to a protocol for inter-node communication, invalidating new blocks. Once recorded, the data in any given block cannot be altered retroactively without alteration of all subsequent blocks, which requires consensus of the network majority. Though blockchain records are not unalterable, blockchains can be considered secure by design and exemplified a distributed computing system with a high byzantine fault tolerance. Decentralized consensus has therefore been claimed with a blockchain. Blockchain was invented by Satoshi Nakamoto in 2008 to serve as the public transaction ledger of the cryptocurrency Bitcoin. The invention of the blockchain for Bitcoin made it the first digital currency to solve the double spending problem with the need of a trusted authority or central server. The Bitcoin design has inspired other applications. So Bitcoin was the first blockchain. So let's investigate the five W's of blockchain. Of course, we've talked about Satoshi Nakamoto, who started blockchain, is the name used by the unknown person or people who developed Bitcoin. They authored the Bitcoin white paper and created and deployed Bitcoin's original reference implementation. As part of the implementation, they also devised the first blockchain database. In the process, they were the first to solve the double spending problem for digital currency using a peer-to-peer network. They were active in the development of Bitcoin up until December 2010. The main blockchain, when you look at a blockchain formation, the main chain, which is in black, on my diagram, which unfortunately you can't see, but I'll give you a visual, consists of the longest series of blocks from the genesis block green to the current block. Orphan blocks, which are purple, exist outside of the main chain. So when we think about what is blockchain, when we think about the structure, a blockchain is a decentralized, distributed and public digital ledger that is used to record transactions across many computers so that the record cannot be altered retroactively without the alteration of all subsequent blocks and the consensus of the network. This allows the participants to verify and audit transactions inexpensively. A blockchain database is managed autonomously using a peer-to-peer network and a distributed timestamping server. They are authenticated by mass collaboration powered by collective self-interest. The result is a a robust workflow where participants' uncertainty regarding data security is marginal. The use of a blockchain removes the characteristics of infinite reproducibility from a digital asset. It confirms that each unit of value was transferred only once, solving the long-standing problem of double spending. Blockchains have been described as a value-added protocol. This blockchain-based exchange of value can be completed quicker, safer, and cheaper with traditional systems. A blockchain can assign title rights because when properly set up to detail the exchange agreement, it provides a record that compels an offer and acceptance. So, blocks, right? Blocks hold batches of valid transactions that are hashed and encoded into a Merkle tree. Each block includes the cryptographic hash of the prior block in the blockchain, including linking the two. The link blocks form a chain. This iterative process confirms the integrity of the previous block all the way back to the original genesis block sometimes separate blocks can be produced concurrently creating a temporary fork in addition to a secure hash based history any blockchain has a specified algorithm for scoring different versions of the history so that one with the higher value can be selected over others. Blocks not selected for inclusion in the chain are called orphan blocks. Peers supporting the database have different versions of the history from time to time. They keep only the highest scoring version of the database known to them. Whenever a peer receives a higher scoring version, usually the old version with a single new block added they extend or overwrite their own database and retransmit the improvement to the peers. There is never an absolute guarantee that any particular entry will remain in the best version of the history forever. Allow me to repeat that. There is never an absolute guarantee that any particular entry will remain in the best version of the history forever. Because blockchains are typically built to add the score of new blocks onto old blocks, and because there are incentives to work only on extending with new blocks rather than overriding old blocks, the probability of an entry becoming superseded goes down exponentially as more blocks are built on top of it, eventually becoming very low. For example, in a blockchain, using the proof of work system, The chain with the most cumulative proof of work is always considered the valid one by the network. There are a number of methods that can be used to demonstrate a sufficient level of computation. Within a blockchain, the computation is carried out redundantly rather than in a traditional segregated and parallel manner. Block time. The block time is the average time it takes for the network to generate one extra block in the blockchain. Some blockchains create a new block as frequently as five seconds. By the time of block completion, the induced data becomes verifiable. In cryptocurrency, this is practically when the transaction takes place. So a shorter block time, means, block time means faster transaction. The block time for Ethereum is set between 14 and 15 seconds, while for Bitcoin, it's 10 minutes. Hard forks. This section is transcluded from forked blockchain. A hard fork is a rule change such that the software validating according to the old rules will see the blocks produced according to the new rules as invalid. In case of a fork, a hard fork, all nodes meant to work in accordance with the new rules need to upgrade their software. If one group of nodes continues to use the old software while the other nodes use the the new software, a split can occur. For example, example, Ethereum has hard forked to make whole the investors in the DAO, which had been hacked by exploiting a vulnerability in its code. In this case, the fork resulted in a split creating Ethereum and Ethereum Classic Chains. In 2014, the next community was asked to consider a hard fork that would have led to a rollback, a rollback of the blockchain records, to mitigate the effects of a theft of 50 million NEXT from a major cryptocurrency exchange. The hard fork proposal was rejected, and some of the funds were recovered after negotiations and ransom payment. Alternatively, to to prevent a permanent split, a majority of nodes using the new software may return to the old rules, as was the case of Bitcoin split on March 12, 2013. So, ladies and gentlemen, for this week's episode of the three part series of blockchain, what have we talked about today? We We have talked about a little history of technology, um, technology in regards to folks were missing the boat. We we talked about um, demonstrating expertise and why it's important for you as a business owner, participant, employee to understand blockchain, how it will affect your company, your your industry. We also did the SWAT exercise, which. Gives you time to really evaluate the SWAT of your business and how blockchain uh, can enhance that. We also talked about about technology and history and how some folks have have missed the boat and why it 's important for you to understand uh, blockchain and how it 's going to enhance your 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 business. We also talked about the history of blockchain and how we got started. And then we started to get into the five W's of blockchain and which we, which of course we covered who started blockchain. What is blockchain talked about the structure and we're still in that part. And next week we're going to pick up our discussion in this area and we're going to talk about the decentralization and openness of blockchain, as well as the permissionless systems that blockchain creates. So there's much more to come, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, you can reach me at 973-454-3475, or you can write to me at d.gunter at guntermediagroup.com. This wraps up part one of our series on blockchain. I hope you have a great weekend, And remember that leadership begins with you. This is Darrell Gunter, host of Leadership with Darrell Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net.